0: You're listening to the Centre Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message recorded live from our Burgess Hill campus. This time right now we've started a new series called Tools of the Trade. And um, there's this reality that no matter what job you have, at least most jobs, there are tools that we need to do our jobs, right? There are various instruments that we, we work with that help make our job possible. And in Ephesians 2.10, it says, for we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works. Guys, we've got good works to do, right? Good works, which he prepared in advance for us to do. God has prepared good works for each of us, but we have tools of the trade that are required to get the job done. And uh, last week, we looked at uh, the first tool that um, he's given us, and it's a tool of discernment. And all of us need to know how to discern right from wrong, truth from error. And uh, we, we need discernment to identify all these kind of moments where the enemy would otherwise come to, to deceive us or to uh, kind of pull us off the straight and narrow. And in those moments, we need the work of the Spirit in us. We need His Word in us to identify those moments and correct so that we're following God's voice clearly. And it starts with knowing the real thing. And we used this example last week of, of doing a taste test with Coca-Cola. And it's difficult to identify the real Coca-Cola from the Tesco brand of Coca-Cola if you've never tasted the real Coca-Cola, right? Three got it right, one got it wrong. I won't point fingers to who got it wrong, but so everyone was a good sport. And you know what? It helped prove the point it helped prove the point. We need to know the real thing. And so for, for you and I, we need to know what God's word is in our own hearts. It isn't good enough to just always come on to church and just listen to what someone else has to say. But we have a, a role, we have a responsibility to get into God's word ourselves, right? Why do we believe what we believe? Is it because someone told us that? Or is it because we've wrestled with it? We've we've learned it. We've understood it. So when faults. Comes when 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 deception comes or when false teaching comes along, we can identify. No, 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 that doesn't. That's not what it says in the Bible. That's not what I understand in the fullness of Scripture. We also have the Holy Spirit that helps us, leads us into all truth. We can seek the help of the Holy Spirit to identify those moments when things are not quite right. There's also helpful questions we can ask. Does this agree with Scripture? Can I experience? Can I? Can we see the fruit of the Spirit in what is happening? And then also, what do those of spiritual maturity believe at this moment? It's important that we learn, even from those who've gone before us, or further along the journey than we are, what they believe in that moment. If Satan can get us off track by deceiving us, he's won half the battle, hasn't he? Or if, if, in many cases, he's won the whole battle. This morning, we're going to look at another tool in the toolkit that God gives us. And to start with, we're going to look at a story in Luke chapter 10, it's about Jesus and uh, the disciples. And uh, he's Jesus has started his ministry. He's had many people following him. And at this moment, he, he appoints 72. So it's not the 12, but it's 72. It's a water group. And he sends them out. And it says this, Luke chapter 10, verse 1. It says, after this, the Lord appointed 72 others and sent them out two by two ahead of him to every town and place where he was about to go. He sends them out in advance. He picked 72 from however many people were following him at that point. He said, I, I've got a mission for you. And uh, he gives them some instructions that they aren't to take any kind of things with them. They're to go out and they just to go to the town. And if they receive them, then they leave their blessing. If the town doesn't receive them, they, 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 dust, they kick the dust off their feet and they go on to the next place. The place that will receive them. And so these instructions are given that there's this harvest that's plentiful and they need to go out and prepare the way. Representing Jesus. Now, the disciples come back, the 72 return in verse 17, and uh, they're a bit excited. We see verse 17, it says the 72 returned with joy and said, Lord, even the demons submitted to us in your name. He replied, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. I have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome the power of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. However," Do not rejoice that the Spirit submits to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. The disciples were sent out representing Jesus. Okay, representing. They, they were going because Jesus had said, go. And so they were going in Jesus' name to the mission field in which Jesus had sent them. There was something happening, though, when they went out that surprised them. And they come back with this joy. said, you know what? For the first time in our lives even the demons submitted to us. It's crazy. It's never happened before that something was shifting in the spiritual realm when we went out in this time. Wow, Jesus, you wouldn't believe it. It's just like you. we were functioning just like you are. Crazy stuff. Now Jesus goes on to explain that actually I've given you authority. Now, the disciples actually didn't realize they had authority. But they they had authority. And suddenly when they started to move and minister, there was things that were shifting in the spirit realm because they had authority even though they didn't realize they had authority. Isn't this amazing? They were moving in the power of God even though they didn't realize that that's what they had on offer. They were just doing things and suddenly... Things shifted. It says even. What does it mean? Other things were happening as well, but even the demons were were, hap, were were responding. The tool that God has given us is authority. Okay, we have discernment. We have the discernment of the Spirit He gives us, but He also gives us authority. All of us need to move in authority. What is authority, though? The dictionary defines it this way. The power or right to give orders, make decisions, and enforce obedience. Well, that sounds really exciting, doesn't it? But in other words, in a Christian context, it's the ability or power to see God's will accomplished here on earth as it is in heaven. I want to say that again. It's the ability or power to see God's will accomplished here on earth as it is in heaven. God, when we give our lives to Jesus... We step into his authority. But we are now representing him on earth as he is in heaven. We are now his representatives. We are now being sent out as he sent out the others. Authority gives us the power to see change because of who we represent, which is Jesus. We have power to, to see this happen. Again, it has nothing to do with who we are, but it has everything to do with who Jesus is. And in Matthew 28, we see, again, this a very similar thing. But this is at the end of Jesus's ministry before he ascends to heaven. And the passage is very well known. Matthew 28, 18 to 20, it says, Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth. I want you to say all. All. All All authority. All. 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 Okay, we do struggle with the English language in this church, don't we? (laughs) Although you're not saying it correctly, I know you'll get the point. It's all, all authority. (laughs) Oh, just joking, just joking. I'm learning. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teach them to obey everything I've commanded. And surely I'm with you always To the very end of the age. Jesus has all authority in heaven and on earth. There is nothing, there is no power that Jesus does not have authority over. There is nothing, no principality or power that Jesus is not greater than. That Jesus does not have authority over. Jesus has the final say. What does authority mean? Jesus has the final say. And all of hell knows this. You see, in Colossians 2.15, it says Jesus disarmed the powers and authorities. He made a public spectacle of them by triumphing over them by the cross. He disarmed the authorities, the powers and authorities. He disarmed them. So every every authority that was put in place in this world that would otherwise stand against us or would have a power over us. Actually, when Jesus came to the world, He disarmed, when He died on the cross, He disarmed any authority that they would otherwise have against us. That the enemy would have, that Satan would have against us. Jesus has become this ultimate authority. And because Jesus has the authority, Jesus can give authority. Do you know, you can't give what you've not received. I can't give you authority to do something if I don't have the authority to give it right. If I'm if you were to represent me in a context that I have authority over and I say, I want you to do this. Well, then you can do it because I've told you, you can do it. And if there's any question about why you're doing what you're doing, you can say, well, Tyler told me to do it. Oh, OK, so you have authority. Because I've given authority, now I can only give what 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 I've received. Authority is given when we represent the author of all authority. But it only happens when we carry out his will. The seventy two disciples discovered this. Authority can only be received through the place of submission. The 72 had authority over the enemy because they were submitted to what Jesus wanted them to do. At the point that they said, "Okay," Jesus said, I want you to go out. This is what you need to do. This is how you need to do it. They were surrendered to his will and in surrendering themselves to his will. They walked in a place of authority because they were under Christ's authority. They were doing what he wanted them to do. Jesus calls us for His purpose as well—to represent Him to this world, to make disciples, to bring people that uh, that that bring people from the darkness into the light, to fulfill the good works that He's prepared in, uh, for us in advance. But in order to walk out in this authority that Jesus freely gives us, we have to be submitted to His will in all of His His way. There's a, there's a thing as Christians that. Um, We we like the idea of our sins being forgiven. We like the concept of of Jesus receiving us as we are accepting us. But the second part of us turning to him is that we follow him and surrender to his will. You can't be a Christian and live for yourself as well. You can't walk in authority and bring change in the heavenly realms and in the physical realms and live for yourself and expect to walk in that kind of authority. But actually, authority comes from the place of submission. In the same way, a soldier has authority when he represents his country. Or a police represents the government. By submitting to the authority over them, they have authority to carry out what, go, what they're intended to do. So if a soldier goes out into enemy territory to, to win it back or, or whatever's going on, so long as they are fulfilling the will of those above them, they have authority to to engage in combat. They have authority to keep the peace. They have authority, you know, police have authority to arrest or to, to, to give authority in a situation because they are submitted to that which is higher than them. At the point that a police goes rogue and decides they want to do their own thing, they no longer have authority. They might carry the badge, they may look like a police officer, but actually they are not protected by the powers over them. When it comes to light that they are not doing what they're intended to do they themselves will be taken down. You know the centurion that was interacted with Jesus knew this about the Lord, didn't he? The centurion had a, a servant that was that was dying and uh sent a message to Jesus that you know would you would you uh, my my servant needs to be healed. And Jesus said, okay, okay, I'll, I'll I'll come and say, you know, you don't need to say anything. Just say the word and it'll happen. Why? Because I'm under authority and I know what it is. I say something and people, it will it will happen because I'm under authority and I can give orders because I'm under authority. I've submitted and those under me submit. And so I just have to say the word and it happens. So Jesus, just say the word and my servant will be healed because you're under authority. I recognize that you are under authority as I am under authority. And Jesus says, you know, I have not seen So much faith in all of Israel. Just say the word. What was Jesus living like, though? Jesus had authority because when he was on this earth, he submitted to the will of the Father. He only did what he saw the father doing. He 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 said, even in Gethsemane, you know, not my will, but your will be done. There was a sense of God. I, I, father, I give you everything. I, I will follow you. I will listen to your voice. And because of that, Jesus moved in the authority of the father because he was under the authority of the father. He submitted to the, the authority of the father. He wasn't just doing his own thing and hoping God, the father would be OK with it. But because he was under and submitted to the authority of the father, he himself was able to give authority, was able to move an authority. That is why all authority could be given to him because he was completely submitted to the father. Why could all authority be given to Jesus? Because he was fully submitted. It could not have happened any other way. All authority then can be given to us if we are also fully submitted. Because when we are in Christ, we're also underneath his authority. But submission is a challenging thing, isn't it? It's a difficult thing. Why do we have a hard time submitting to authority? It's because we like to do our own thing, don't we? We got our own will. You know, I think it would have been so much easier. if God just made us without a will. Don't you think if we just did the right thing all the time, wouldn't that be so much easier? God says, I want you to do this. And we just said, "Okay, sure. But unfortunately, God hasn't done that. He he wants us actually to follow him full heart, wholeheartedly. He wants us to make a conscious choice saying, you know what? Not my will, but your will be done in this circumstance. I'm going to choose right now to not give way to my my old nature, but I'm going to give way to your spirit. And in doing so, I now walk in authority. But there's this there's this thing that this wrestling that you and I have to go through. James 4, 7 says, submit yourself first to God, then resist the devil and he will flee from you. Why? Because you will have authority over Satan if you're submitted to Christ first. There's no loopholes. There's no there's no way the enemy can keep attacking our lives. But actually, if we submit ourselves first to God and we're in his protection, if we're under his care, actually, the enemy can come against you with whatever he wants to and he has no authority over you. Why? Because you're in Christ. In Christ, do you have this term, pounced them? He, he, he made a public display. He, 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 uh, he disarmed them. So there's, there's nothing the enemy has on you if you're in Christ. But what does this mean in practical measures? What does it look like to submit? Submission is saying yes to God and no to you in every area of your life. Yes to God and no to you in every aspect of who you are. When God is saying one thing, you just say yes. I don't mean just say yes and do something different. I mean, you say yes and, and do the right thing. Do what you're meant to do. You can't expect to walk and live in God's authority in your life and choose to live in sin at the same time. Living contrary to God's will. Knowingly disobey what God... Dis-o- Disobeying what God is telling you to do or not do and expect at the same time to have authority over the areas of your life that the enemy is is challenging you in. You know, people come and they talk to me or the, the situations arise and there's all sorts of problems and, and it looks like the enemy just having a heyday in their lives. And they want us to pray and all those sorts of things. But you know what? It can be solved so quickly if they come to a place of submission to God. A lot of problems we face are because we ourselves are resisting God's will in our lives. And every time we say, God, you know, I want my way is better than your way at this moment. We might not say it, but we live it. We open the door for the enemy to attack us. We open the door because we are not submitted in those areas of our lives to the will of God. The enemy cannot touch you when we're fully submitted to the Lord. He might come against you. He might try to attack you. He might try to do all sorts of things. But the Bible says, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. When you are in Christ Jesus. You see, our own disobedience leaves us vulnerable to the enemy. Again, a, a police officer has full authority and protection of the government over him. So long as he or she remains submitted To the purposes in which they are enlisted. But at at the point that they choose to do their own thing. The authority that would otherwise protect them. Actually now stands against them. And you know as as believers. We have God's grace. Our sins are forgiven in Christ Jesus. But as as Paul says. We don't then have a license to sin. It doesn't mean we can go on sinning all the more. The grace would increase. By no means. In fact, even in the passage of, of James chapter 4 that we've just, we just we've just looked at, actually the whole passage, if you look at the, whole, the context around it, is about living a life of purity, living a life set apart for the Lord. Cleansing of ourselves of sin, it says. That's what submission is, is saying, God, I'm going to choose to follow you. I'm going to choose to live the way you call me to live. And in doing so, we walk in the power and authority over other aspects of our lives. And so God... To kind of recap a little bit, Jesus has all authority because he was submitted to the Father and all authority has been given to him. But then he says, in in doing so, I invite you to submit to me. Come underneath me. If you submit to me and do my will, I will also then give you all authority to go into all the world and represent me that when you step into work on on Monday morning, you're representing me as a child of, of the king. You've got my authority in the situations you're going through. But it, it comes with a catch that you would say no to you and yes to the Lord. But the third aspect of this whole understanding of the toolkit of or the tool of authority is authority requires action when needed. We overcome all authority and all power of the enemy. It says we will trample on snakes and scorpions, overcoming the power of the enemy, resisting Satan. Ephesians 6 is this whole passage of the armor of God. And, and in, the, in the beginning of all of that, it's just when the day of evil comes, it's to stand your ground. There's a day and a time that sometimes we just need to stand our ground. Yes, the battle belongs to the Lord, but you've got a part to fight. You've got a part to stand up. Get on your feet and do something. Don't just let the enemy pillage you. Actually, we can stand up in the faith. We can stand up with the word of God, with what God has given us. And we, we can trample on snakes and scorpions, representing all the powers of the enemy. We can take our place. In Christ, we are not victims of circumstances or problems. Can I tell you that? In Christ, we are not the victim. Before Christ, yes, we can be victims of all sorts of stuff happening in life. But in Christ, we do not have to have a victim mentality. Woe is me. I'm good as dead. No, 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 no. There's a place for us to stand up upon the word of God. It's a place for us when the enemy comes against us like a flood. We can raise the standard in Christ Jesus and we can take the battle that's already been won. In Christ, we have authority to stand up and resist whatever the enemy may come against us with. Luke 10 says, nothing will harm you. What we've already read, nothing. She says, nothing will harm you. We have the authority to go into all the world and take back from the kingdom of darkness and bring those lives into the kingdom of light. We have the authority to pillage hell and bring the kingdom of God into this realm. We have authority to do that. We have authority in our workplace to see Jesus lifted high through our lives. We have the authority in our in our families to to have His name lifted up over our 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 context, our, our situations we're face, facing. We have authority to set people free from what binds them. We have authority to see people healed. Jesus said, I mean, the centurion said, "Just say the word." and my servant will be healed. Why? Because you have authority, Jesus, over sickness. Do you know what? We have the same authority in Christ. And to me, I think what challenges me the most about this word is, God, do I see a lack of authority? If I'm seeing a lack of authority, God, I need to submit more to you. The question isn't, do, how do I get more authority and somehow, like, we just need to do more star jumps or something in our prayer time. It really gets psyched up before we go out, you know, in prayer. No, it's it's God. What areas do I need to be submitting more to you in? Because actually, that is the hinging factors to the authority we now live in, is our submission to God in the first place. The sons of Sceva, we know that story really well, don't we? Or some of us may, may do. There's these guys that saw people being delivered and using the name of Jesus. So these guys, although they weren't submitted to Christ, started to use the name of Jesus to see deliverance. Seemed like a really great idea. It worked for everyone else who were who were disciples. However, the 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 demon said, "You know what? We know we know the disciples, but we don't know who you guys are because you guys don't have authority." And they beat the guys up. I mean, they, they were walking outside the realm that they had authority in. The enemy does not have an upper hand when we are in Christ. We cannot sit back and do nothing in moments when we need to exercise our spiritual authority. Otherwise, the enemy will have the victory. I don't know about you, but I'm sure all of us have been in moments just in normal everyday life when someone has authority to do something and they don't. And usually it it leaves a trail of disaster, doesn't it? When someone has the authority to intervene in in a situation and they choose to not exercise their authority, the other power that needs to be stopped, is released and given authority by us not using our authority. It releases the enemy to have authority. And there are times in our lives that we need the enemy may be coming out against us with doubt, may be coming against us with fear, with worry or all sorts of onslaughts of all sorts of things. There's a moment where we need to stand up and use the tool of authority he's given us and not just give way to the lies of the enemy. We are not the victims in Jesus. You are not a victim in Jesus. He's given you all the power, all authority in Him. Simply doing the will of Jesus. Can I tell you this? Simply doing the will of Jesus, submitting to Him, we will actually then use our authority in Him. Because in every situation we face, when the enemy is coming against us, the Holy Spirit will be speaking to us. And if we just say yes to him we will use our authority. Now nothing is worse than someone who struts around trying to exert their authority. How many have been with people like that? Well, I'm the boss, so you listen to me. Well, that doesn't really work so well with other people so you know on on a day-to-day occasion. But in and 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 it isn't that we live life picking a picking our fights or 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 trying to pick a fight with the enemy. I'm not saying that we do that either. I mean Jesus says it's great that the enemies that the demons submitted to you. But rejoice more that your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. That's the real deal. So we're not out there trying to pick a fight. But the enemy is looking, seeking whom he may devour. And when the day of evil comes, right? The Bible says this in Ephesians. When the day of evil comes, there's a place for us to stand up and take our take our stand. Use the weapons of our warfare. Use the armor of God that he's given us. And use the authority that he's imparted to us that the enemy would be defeated and we would see new life come and we would see salvation come and we see people brought into the kingdom of God and we see God's purposes restored and released because we're walking in the center of what God intends us to do. You are God's representative in every environment you face. Tomorrow morning when you're at work, you are representing Jesus. And if you are representing Jesus in that place of your work, represent Jesus When things are not going well, do you know what? We can stand upon God's word. God's given us the authority. He's given us everything we need for us to do the good works he's called us to do. Jesus, again, has all authority, but he also gives all authority to those who submit to him and say yes to his will and plan. He does not leave us to fight our own battles, but he's given us the authority to overcome the powers of the enemy. I encourage you today as a church to submit, to resist and to stand up in the things of the Lord. God wants to do great things through you. And the enemy would do everything in his power to stop you from fulfilling the very good work God's called you to do. He'll use every tool in the book he's got, every resource. But you know what? When the enemy comes we can stand up and say, you know what? I'm not taking this. And it isn't just waiting for someone else to pray for us. There's times where we need to stand on our own feet and say, you know what? I'm going to take my stand because Jesus has given me that authority. I'm not just going to give way to this, but I'm going to take my place because God has given me the strength and given me the power to do so. I hope this makes sense. I hope... Some way this encourages us. Maybe you're facing something today. You feel overwhelmed. You feel that you've been kind of being uh, overwhelmed by the enemy. Do you know what? Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. Something's greater in you than whatever the enemy would try to throw at you. When we're in Christ, nothing will harm you, but we need to submit ourselves to him first. Would you stand with me, please?